On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk shares some interesting new details on the Cybertruck and Roadster on the Joe Rogan podcast. Tesla may have its next Gigafactory location picked out. The Tesla community helps out the local animal population at one of the world's biggest supercharger sites and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 290 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for February 21st, 2021. I want to start the podcast by uh, just saying thank you. So many of you sent in just very kind, thoughtful, supportive emails and phone calls regarding Daisy. Uh, and she is doing well. She's very chipper at the moment. She was running around. She So Daisy, she since she was a little puppy, she likes to steal things. She doesn't destroy them, but particularly uh, socks and shoes, and if you leave like gloves or hats, all that stuff, she will take it, and she wants you to chase her. So I was just having to chase her around for a mask that my daughter left in easy reach. So she's feeling good right now, which makes me feel good. Uh, she is doing well on her medication so far. She's coughed a few times here and there, but like when it's when it has happened, which hasn't been in a couple days, it's been just like once a day real quick. And I mean, I have noticed her breathing has been a little bit heavy, which presumably is still that fluid in the lungs, but she is in great spirits. We're keeping her mellow around the house trying to give that new diet, that new medication time to do its job. And speaking of her diet, I want to say a special thank you, because I know all those guys are listening. The Tesla Owners Silicon Valley Club uh, just heard about this on the show and completely of their own generosity sent over two big bags of Daisy's new cardiologist-approved dog food. That is extremely sweet of all of you. I really appreciate that gesture. That means a lot. So thank you to all of you. Uh, her first follow-up, Daisy's first follow-up, which is going to include another chest x-ray to check on that heart size and the lung fluid situation, is in one week. So uh, fingers crossed for good news there. All right, speaking of good news, let's talk some Tesla. A quick note before I get to the heart of the podcast this week, which is going to be Elon's latest appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, but I uh, wanted to get this up to you right away. Price reductions for the Model 3 and the Model Y. The standard range plus Model 3 has dropped by $1,000. It now starts at $37,000. Yes, I'm rounding up from (laughs) $36,990. So yeah, it went down from $38,000 to $37,000 before any incentives. The standard range Model Y, which of course was just introduced, what, a month ago? That has dropped by $2,000 from 41,000 or excuse me 42,000 to $40,000 is the base price on the standard range model Y now. And if you happen to be in California, you can get another $1,500 off instantly right at the point of purchase for the this clean fuel reward that we still have going on in California. That drops the Model 3 standard range plus price just about down to where the in hindsight now, short-lived standard range 
just plain standard range Model 3 was, 35.5 out the door for a standard range plus Model 3 in California. The difference, of course, 263 miles of range on the standard range plus versus 220 miles on the car that was the standard range Model 3. And uh, basic autopilot is included on the standard range plus as well, which it was not on the SR Model 3 when that was still offered. And then the Model Y, as I said, starting now right at $40,000. And that's again, regardless of any other incentives that you may have in your state. And I feel like that's, you know, that should make that even more attractive to plenty of families out there. I think it's worth noting that Tesla, I of course got to pass along all the information to you. Tesla does seem to want to make a little bit of this back. And they're trying to do that on the performance versions for the shoppers that are interested in those. Both the Performance Y and the Performance 3 have each gone up by $1,000. Now, of course, those cars are ordered a fraction as much as the long range and standard range trims are uh, when, of course, the long range on either car is not seeing any price change one way or the other. So um, it's not really making it up because Tesla's going to sell a heck of a lot more standard range threes and Ys than they are performance threes and Ys. But uh, I, w what I think this is will ultimately do, really, is probably push more people to the long range three and Y and incentivize those people to just do the acceleration boost upgrade through their Tesla app rather than pay the extra thousand dollars on top of the, the sticker price for uh, what was the sticker price on the performance cars. Cause you know, you, you'd get most of that performance gain, not all of it certainly, but you'd get a lot of it for just that little upgrade off of the long range. So um, I wonder if this ultimately is going to cause even fewer performance cars to be sold. My final point on this is, is as follows. I got to think that Tesla must be feeling very good about production capacity on both cars, on both the 3 and the Y, to have lowered prices and thus, theoretically, increased demand. I mean, they, I got to figure Tesla probably wouldn't do this if they didn't feel like they could get enough cars out the door. But hey, no matter how you slice this, this is excellent news. Price drops always are. All right. The heart of the show this week, Elon Musk returning to the Joe Rogan podcast for his third appearance there in the last uh, two years. And this time it was his longest appearance yet. The full interview is almost three and a half hours long. I think really Joe Rogan is probably one of the few people in media or the few interviewers on the planet that could land Elon for that amount of time. Three and a half hours out of Elon Musk's day. Out of anyone's day is a lot, but particularly Elon's. And yes, I do say that a bit enviously, although hey, I can't complain. I was lucky enough to get 60 minutes with Elon when I was only supposed to get 30. But boy, uh, it's a heck of a heck of a show with Elon and Joe if you decide to listen to the whole thing. The conversation, as you'd expect, being that long, covered a lot of ground. So I do encourage you to go and listen to the whole thing. Uh, Joe Rogan is exclusively on Spotify now, uh, if you're curious. But 
I have pulled, as I always do, I've pulled a handful of interesting Tesla-specific clips. Now, I've said this before, but I'm always very careful as somebody who, who makes content myself of playing too much from somebody else's interview. But in this case, as I said, it's over, it's over three hours long, so what I'm about to play for you is still just a tiny fraction of the interview. So check out the whole thing if you get a chance. It's episode 1609, 1609 of the Joe Rogan podcast. Let's start with the Roadster, Elon Musk, because uh, Joe Rogan is, he has asked about Roadster before. He is buying a Roadster, and he asked Elon about it again, and here is what Elon had to say about the next-generation Tesla Roadster. Speaking of the Roadster, when is that thing going to be available? Uh, next-generation Roadster, so we're, we're finishing the engineering of it this year, and so ho- hopefully start shipping them next year. Really? Yeah. Um, and that, that we're going to throw some rocket technology in that car. So Yeah, I've heard about that. What does that mean? Um, so at a minimum, it would be... Um, hover? I wanted to hover. And <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out how to make this thing hover without, you know, uh, killing people. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. call. Yeah, exactly. I thought, like, maybe we could make it hover, but, like, uh, not too high. Mm. You know, so, like, maybe right. it can hover, like, a, a meter above the ground or something mm. like that. You know, like... Uh, if you plummet, you blow out the suspension, but you're not going to die. So oh. maybe you go six feet. I don't know, six feet, probably, probably okay. You're not going to die either. Probably not. Probably not. So if we just put a height limit on it, probably probably fine. And would it be able to travel while it's hovering? Yeah. So you'll be able to go six feet off the ground and go how fast? Well, uh, you go pretty fast, but the, the, the you're going to be time limited. Right. So Like a jet. Like, like a there's, there's going to be a pilot. super high pressure, like ultra high pressure air bottle in the. Oh. So so the the standard roadster would have like two two back seats, two like kid seats, you know, in the back, mm-hmm. like small seats, like a back of a Porsche or something. Um, or if you get the, uh, I don't know, the SpaceX option package, uh, then in that place where the two rear seats are would be is a uh, a high pressure carbon overwrap pressure vessel. So high, very, uh, you know, I don't know. 10,000 PSI or something like that. And uh, and then a, and a bunch of thrusters. And so, like, at, at minimum, I'm confident we could do a thruster where the, the license plate flips down, you know, James Bond style, and there's a rocket <laughs> thruster behind it. And that and that gives you three tons of thrust. And Oh, for acceleration? Yeah. So that would be on the ground? That would be on the ground. And this thing would move like a bat out of hell. Jesus Christ, but it already goes 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, right? That's the sedan with the four-door. What? Yeah, mod, the, 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 new, is... the new Model S, the Model S Plaid that we start shipping next month or this month, yeah, uh, is uh, we just tested it uh, on on the Motor Trend spec. Zero to sixty is one point nine six seconds. So he begins there by echoing what uh, he said to me on Twitter just a couple weeks ago about the Roadster that it would be part rocket. Elon describing the SpaceX package a bit there. Now, do I have any engineers or mathematicians in my audience that could do the calculation on what a 0 to 60 acceleration time might be with three tons of pressurized air thruster force helping to propel the car forward, which surely would cheat the physics of normal tire grip and traction there. Now, as for the hovering thing, of course 
a child of, of uh, the 80s as I am and somebody who owned a DeLorean and loves Back to the Future, every your mind's got to go to Back to the Future Part 2, right, when you hear that? Although, I honestly have to say, Elon says hovering, he wants to hover at about six feet or a meter. Hovering six feet in the air sounds exceptionally dangerous. Because what if you're showing that off, and let's just say, it's just some, you're at a party, and some drunk guy that you don't even know that's at the party wanders out and is like, look at me, I'm standing under the car. And then the car runs out of thrust. Because you heard Elon say it would be time limited. You've got your pressurized tanks. They've only got so much in them before they're going to have to <laughs> refill. The car will have to come down. But if there's a person standing underneath it, that seems like a bad idea. So six feet up sounds like way too much for this thing to hover. Two feet seems about right. And, and even if it were only, and I'm using air quotes here, only two feet, that would still be pretty darned impressive if you ask me. Uh, also, that clip that I just played for you shot down a wishful thinking theory of mine. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I know I've said this to some friends of mine, but I am of the belief, and I again, maybe I've said this before, maybe not, but uh, I'll make it quick either way. I am of the belief that the Roadster prototype that we saw unveiled in November of 2017 was designed without the drastically improved 4680 cells from Battery Day and the structural battery pack in mind. It seemed like that car back in 2017 was just a brute force approach. Throw 200 kilowatt hours of battery pack and three motors at it and watch it go 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds. Well, here we are in 2021, and that's basically what Tesla did with the Plaid Model S that's coming out any day now, although the pack isn't 200 kilowatt hours, it's still the 100, so it doesn't have the 620 miles of range that the Roadster was initially advertised with. But anyway, I think the 4680 cells and the structural pack are going to drastically change the performance dynamics of the car. Again, this is if my theory is correct. If not from a raw numbers perspective, at least from a weight and handling perspective, with the cells being closer to the center of the car, etc., etc. I mean, they might not end up needing 200 kilowatt hours to get crazy range and have a ton of power to draw from the pack for acceleration. Hold that thought for later in the, the interview, in fact. But as I was saying, uh, my wishful thinking hypothesis was that the re-engineering of the Roadster for the structural pack would maybe mean that maybe there would have been room to have those plus two back seats and the COPV tanks for the SpaceX package. Uh, but that clearly is not the case, as you heard Elon say there. It will be a choice, which is what he originally said it would be. One or the other not both. Still fascinating to hear, and, and my goodness, I cannot wait to see the SpaceX package in action. That will truly be a sight that we have never seen before on a car. That's going to be cool. All right, next clip here. Uh, this is going to make a lot of Cybertruck reservation holders very happy, so I won't spoil the surprise. I'll let Elon tell you. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Orson's, Orson's cool. Um, so the Cybertruck. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah, we're gonna build it. To, uh, our factory is only like two miles away from the airport. Oh, um, probably so shouldn't tell people that. 
<laughs> no, I mean, you can literally drive. You can see it <laughs> from the highway. Do you, do you anticipate visitors? Sure. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll offer tours and that kind of thing. Will you offer, like, if someone wants to come and get their truck from the factory sure. and drive it off the floor? You bet. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. We've got a lot of land. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. Or 2,500 acres uh, right next to the airport. I have had hotline calls about this. I've wondered about this myself. There's the legislative concern about Tesla being basically illegal in Texas to a certain extent right now. But there it is, straight from Elon. He very confidently says yes to taking delivery of your Cybertruck right from Giga Texas if you'd like to make a trip. And I know that is going to make a lot of you listening very happy to hear and a lot of you will probably uh, want to go ahead and take that road trip. You'll have a nice long break-in run with your new Cybertruck, wherever you happen to be driving it back to. But uh, yeah, that should be good times. So stay tuned for that as deliveries are still due to begin at the end of this year. Joe asked Elon about the whole breaking of the armor glass at the Cybertruck unveiling. Here's Elon giving some more detail on that. That was shocking. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we literally spent, you know, hours beforehand with, like, lots of people throwing uh, steel balls at the, at the window. Right. Um, I mean, we must have thrown at least, at least a dozen people must have thrown steel balls at, at the, the window. same window, though? Yeah, same damn window. Isn't that the problem? Yeah, that might, it turns out that might be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> if you keep throwing steel balls, eventually it's going to break. <laughs> and and I, did, I did ask Franz to really wind up and give it all, Ooh. you know. And I should, should, should have like, oh, take it easy, yeah. you know. Give me a you don't fake need to, wind up. Yeah, we don't need the fastball. Yeah, so, but I, asked for, I did ask for the fastball, and we're like, okay, let's go for the slightly, not slightly slower ball. Do you think it was because you guys were hitting the sidewall with a sledgehammer yeah, yeah, first? Yeah, that, that could be... Uh, like, we're trying to figure out how the hell this thing break because, I mean, we were just bouncing steel balls off it all day. Right. Um, and we <laughs> think possibly what, what, what might have happened there was that uh, hitting it with a sledgehammer might have cracked the base of it. And mm. once you crack the base of it, it loses all its strength. Right. Um, and, then it, and then it was just have a hairline fracture. And then, then you, you, hit it, you hit it anywhere, it's going to shatter. Did you recreate that? We, we didn't. Um, it's it's also hard with uh, test glass, like with uh, you know, the, like when you actually do production glass, it's much more robust than uh, demo glass, because uh, production glass, you you you, you know, you, um, you it, like demo glass, you just can't ma- you you have to have like massive tools and ovens and everything to to make the production glass. It's it's like, and if you don't, you know, that takes a while to do. So the production glass is always better than. Than the than, than demo glass. Mm. Um, nonetheless, it should have worked, um, and, and it was probably because we whacked it with a sledgehammer and then threw the steel ball at it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it, it will be bulletproof to a handgun. Now, why did you the, decide the, the, to do all that? Make it bulletproof and make it like you could hit it with a sledgehammer. Like what? What was the motivation to make it different than just like a Model S? I mean, I think you know, it's like what's cool about a truck. Trucks are tough, and like, okay, what's right. tougher than a truck? A tank. What about a tank from the future? <laughs> okay, now you have a tank from the future. Okay. Yeah, that's bulletproof. Yeah, and. How's that compared to, uh, you know, it's way tougher than a regular truck. Well, we've heard the story behind the broken Cybertruck glass before, but 
This was a much more detailed and elaborate version of it, so I thought I would play it for you. It's still crazy to me to think that in one year's time, as I mentioned a moment ago, maybe as soon as nine or ten months from now, some of you listening out there right now will have your Cybertruck and be driving it on public roads. Those of you lucky enough to take the first deliveries in the first, you know, what, six months, maybe even a year, you guys are going to be absolute rock stars anywhere you go. Uh, similar to what it's like, I might add, to drive the last stainless steel bodied car, the DeLorean, around. You, you get to be a, you do get to be a rock star anywhere you go with a stainless steel bodied car. But anyway, uh, let's hear more about the Cybertruck. Elon, what about that solar vault cover? Now, is there ever a possibility that these things are going to be solar powered? Is that, is that someday, is the solar technology going to get to well, a point where... It's kind of a surface area issue. So, I mean, I think we could possibly put the, 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 the cover of the truck bed, um, you know, put some solar cells in that. So if you just leave it out in the sun, you know, probably bring, you know, recharges a few miles a day type of thing. Oh, it, was only, it would only be a few miles. Yeah. But what about one day? Is it possible that technology could evolve to the point where they could extract no. more? No? Really? No. It's a, So there's about one kilowatt per square meter of solar energy, and then you're going to get, uh, I don't know, probably 20, 25% efficiency. So you got 200 watts per square meter. And then that's assuming that you're normal to the sun. So, you know, like you're, you know, at the right angles, basically, like, are you facing the sun or not? So... You know, when you add all those things up, you say, how many square meters can you really get? And then uh, how many watt hours per mile? So it, it has basically, you know, if you could do 10 miles a day, you'd be lucky. Really? Yeah. And that's not going to change? No. Well, I realize that Elon didn't explicitly say anything about the solar vault cover option that's previously been discussed for the Cybertruck, but my interpretation of that clip is that it sure sounds like the solar vault cover is not coming anytime soon. Again, remember, it had been mentioned very early on on Twitter by Elon, but it sounds like if it ever happens at all, it's certainly not going to be right at the start of production or anywhere close by, again, by my interpretation of that. So if you really wanted that for your Cybertruck and you've got a reservation, you should probably mentally prepare yourself for that to not be an option. And, you know, better better to know now than be hyped up for it right until launch and then find out, oh, they're not going to offer this. So that's all. That's my friendly advice. Maybe just start mentally preparing yourself for that. Uh, range. Elon commenting on the Cybertruck's range to Mr. Joe Rogan. Take a listen to this. And the truck? What is the, the Cybertruck's range going to be? Um, we have to pick a range actually for the initial version. Um, it'll be some number over 300 miles. Now, when you say pick a range, is it in terms of like what uh, the battery array that you yeah. put in? Yeah, so like what's the pack size? So do you have to take into account like like how much weight it's yeah. going to add, how long it's going to take to charge? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like basically the things that matter are the frontal area times the drag coefficient uh, for aerodynamic drag and then rolling resistance, uh, which is a function of mass and the tire efficiency. Um, so this, this, this has a big frontal area. It's not very aerodynamic and the tires are not super 
Uh, they're not opt- not optimized for long range. It looks very aerodynamic. The truck. Like uh, if you I actually as don't a want moron, sh- you, you, don't moron want gonna, you don't want sharp angles. You don't want sharp angles. See, that's the problem. It yeah. looks to me. I'd be like, yeah, that's slicing right through like a knife. Um, you want it rounded. You want it rounded. Yeah. Um, so you, you want the air to have like smooth. Like if you're a little air particle, you don't want the bumps. Right. You want like smooth. Just like you're driving over the car, no mm-hmm. bumps. Right. Just, just you know, easy going. Sharp, sharp angles are bad for arrow. So that arrow will contribute to the lack of range. So it'll minimize it, it, the range it, somewhat. It, it'll have a drag coefficient that's pretty good for a truck. Because mm. um, in closing the bed at, at an angle, that helps a lot. Like normal trucks going down the highway, it's like a barn door. Right, you know? right. I mean... It's like you, having a parachute in the back. <laughs> you might as well be flying it. Yeah. yeah. It's like not, not not far different from driving with a parachute. Yeah. Um, so you can think of like drag as basically, it's like the integrated pressure profile over the car. So if you create a low pressure zone uh, in the back of your car uh, where you don't like fill in the gap, like you're cruising through the air, you're making a hole through the air, and the air is trying to fill in the gap. And if you've got, a, if, if you've got like a sharp, you know, tra- sharp transition, into the truck bed, it's like a, it's a big low pressure zone, basically, um, and that's uh, just that's bad for drag. Mm. Um, so having the sloped back, where where that's got the the truck bed cover, um, that's that's very helpful. But the sharp angles are not helpful. So the range of that truck is yet to be determined. You're trying to figure it out. Man, it'll be over 300 miles. What about the Roadster? Um, I mean, some of these things we we, we got to decide. Like, what's actually the best product? You know, how much how much range do you really want? You know, um, and if you ask people, I say, well, I want, you know, six hundred miles range. I'm like, okay, well, that that means most of the time you're holding around a battery pack you're not going to use. You know, so and it'll slow you down. It'll yeah. Inhibit handling. Yeah, it's like otherwise, like why not have a car that's got a fuel tank that has two thousand miles range? You know, like go and fill it up like once every <laughs> every six months or yes. every three months or something. You know? Right. But people, they, they they basically figured out like actually carrying that much that much fuel around is not not you know it's not worth it. Right. So, um, so I think you know there's there's some of the stuff you can do for kind of like bragging rights and like but then you know bragging rights are going to get old fast. So you it's more like what are you going to like on a day-to-day basis? What's like, what maximizes the area under the curve of owner happiness? So it'll have enough range that you'll never have to worry about range. Let me put it that way. You may remember the rumor that I heard from a secondhand source a few months back. It was episode 274 that said that the tri-motor Cybertruck would have a 560 mile range. Again, secondhand rumor, definitely can't vouch for it at this point, although the I trust my source, but secondhand. Anyway, so perhaps, maybe, Elon's comment there lends a little bit of credibility to that. I mean, maybe I'm reaching, but if he seems confident in 300 miles, when the standard range on the Cybertruck was originally advertised as 250, well, that would surely mean that the dual motors range would be longer than 300. Now, unless, this might actually make more sense, Elon may have just been talking about the dual motor version there since we know that the single motor version 
won't be made when production first starts because he did specifically say the the first version we know that the the you know again production is going to start with the dual motor and tri motor i guess yeah that probably makes more sense but but even in that case elon is still holding the line there which is totally fine 300 miles as they had originally advertised the dual motor cybertruck would have Back at the unveiling 15 months ago, it's what's there on the website now if you go to place a reservation for a Cybertruck. As for the Roadster, that, so this is where I told you earlier, hold that thought. So that's where it sounds like things might be being revised. Again, reinforcing my theory that the Roadster was originally drawn up before the 4680 cells and the structural pack came into the picture and that those new cells and pack are causing them to reconsider everything about the underpinnings of that car. I mean, it would be very strange indeed for Tesla to end up delivering the Roadster with less range than it was originally advertised with. And that range, by the way, 620 miles, that's a lot. But it sounds like that might be a possibility. I mean, I know a lot can change in three to four years, particularly at the ever nimble Tesla, but Back at the original Tesla Roadster unveiling in 2017, Elon was pretty darned excited about that exact range, that 620-mile range, a.k.a. 1,000-kilometer range. Take a listen to Elon from 2017 on this. The, the range, this is going to have a 200-kilowatt-hour battery pack. So 606, this is, these numbers sound nutty, but they're real. Um, 600, 620 mile range, that's a 1,000 kilometer range. This will be the first time an electric vehicle breaks 1,000 kilometers. A production electric vehicle will travel more than 1,000 kilometers in a single charge at highway speed. But you'll be able to travel from LA to San Francisco and back at highway speed without recharging. I guess I'll just say that I would be stunned if the range comes out to be less than 620 miles, particularly with the Cybertruck at at least 500 for its tri-motor version and the Plaid Plus S at 520 plus. So... We shall see. There is a lot left to learn about the new Tesla Roadster. Uh, next, airbags. Here's a really interesting topic that I've never heard Elon speak to before, but Joe Rogan got to it, and this was a really interesting comment. Take a listen to this. These days, actually, with advanced airbags, actually, I'm not, I think we might have come full circle and no longer need seatbelts if you have advanced airbags. Really? Yeah. Um, I think there's a strong argument for saying if you've got... An, what if the car flips? Now you're just you're just covered in bloody. It's airbags everywhere. <laughs> Modern airbags are in so good. You it will blow your mind just how good the airbags are. Um, and at, at Tesla, we up we even update the software to improve how the airbags deploy. So we'll calculate. You know, are you an adult? Like, how much do you weigh? Are you sitting in this part of the seat or that part of the seat? Are you maybe a baby? Are you a toddler? Are you based on the weight? Yeah. So the seat, the, not just the weight, but the pressure distribu distribution on the seat. 
So we're measuring the pressure distribution. Are you sitting on the edge of your seat? Are you a 5th percentile female, a 95th percentile male? The airbag firing will be different depending upon where you're sitting on the seat and what size you are and what your orientation is. Really? Yeah. And we'll update it uh, over the air. So it even gets better over time. So a child could conceivably sit in the front seat. Unbelted child s- sitting in a, in a bad position, probably still fine. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's dynamically updating this, the airbag firing according to your, where you're sitting, how much you weigh in real time. And the wow. seatbelt is like, eh, if you wear the seatbelt, that's nice. <laughs> but the airbag is going to do most of the work. The airbag's doing the work. And is it possible that we can come up with something even better than the airbag? Like you fill the whole cabin up with foam? No, I mean, it's, it's tough because <laughs> airbag technology is crazy good because um, you want the airbag to inflate and then deflate. Right. Because otherwise you're going to get asphyxiated, you know. You oh, okay. So you can't just like fill it up with stuff. It's got to inflate and then, and there's different stages of inflation. It's like uh, fast inflation, then slow inflation, then slowly subside. I, the sophistication of airbags is crazy good. And this is all done not through some regulatory body. This is done through your own desire to make these things safer and more efficient. I mean, in the case of Tesla, we, we go way beyond the regulatory requirements. Um, you know, so, like, we, we got the lowest probability of injury of any cars they've ever tested. Um, so, we're five stars in every category and subcategory. And if there was a six star, we'd get a six star. I never knew that about Tesla's airbag system. I was fascinated by that description by Elon. I have to imagine that it's still probably a good idea to go ahead and continue to wear your seatbelt, but wow, Elon is a big fan of not just airbag technology in general, but in how Tesla monitors and updates the systems for the airbags in their cars. That is really, really cool, but please, Wear your seatbelt, my friends. All right, the last clip I've got for you from the Joe Rogan interview with Elon pertains to the Tesla semi-truck. Have a listen to this. And we, has, we have prototypes that, yeah, that, that actually drive. That actually drive. Like, yeah. we've used them to transport cars and stuff. It's not yeah. like a, some fucking, it's not like a unicorn. Like, it was like it was Pegasus or something. I was like, what are you talking about? We have, literally have prototypes that work. What kind of mileage do those things get? Uh, well, these are prototypes. So they'll be like, right. you know... I don't know, about 300 miles, something like that. And so um, what... But we, we drive them back and forth from Fremont to Reno, you know, for tra- transporting stuff. Um, but generally when semi-truck drivers, when, the, when it's a, a human being driving them, they drive for long periods of time, far more than 300 miles, right? No, actually most trucking is short range. Really? Yeah, the majority. Oh, of okay. The yeah, majority, yeah. like short shipping range. things around cities and things along those lines. Yeah, it'll be like take stuff from the port to the freight forwarding. Will yard. you have a long range, like cross continental yeah, yeah, version absolutely. of it? And so it'll be much more batteries and. Yeah. Um, the. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you want something on the order of like a probably a 500 kilowatt hour pack like what we have in the s and the x is 100 kilowatt hour pack um and yeah you probably want like i don't know 500 kilowatt hour pack for a semi um but this is not a game changer on the mass uh especially for a structural pack where the pack itself is uh 
is, is, is the structure, is the primary load carrying uh, uh, element in the vehicle. Is it potentially? Could this is, you? It's not a game. It's, it definitely works 100%. No question about it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the first time Elon has acknowledged the pack size of the Tesla Semi. 500 kilowatt hours. That is five S's or X's. And if the Tesla Roadster does end up with a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack, it's two and a half Tesla Roadsters worth. But Elon was responding there. If you're kind of curious to the context from the beginning of that clip, he was responding to a question about criticism regarding the, uh, the viability of an electric semi truck, specifically with regard to Bill Gates's comments on that subject. Uh, it will not be too long now before we start seeing those on the road as well, along with the Cybertrucks. So again, uh, that was just a very small sampling of the full Joe Rogan interview with Elon Musk. Give the rest of it of a listen. Uh, I didn't say that properly. Let me try that again. Take two. Give the rest of it a listen. There we go. If you've got the time for it, it might take you a few sessions to get through it since it's so long. That's how it was for me. I, I listened over the course of about three different sessions, but it was a really good conversation. Now, before I continue on with the rest of the news here, we're well over a half an hour into the show. I just want to take a quick ad break here to talk to you about Teslarati Marketplace. If you go to shop.teslarati.com slash RTL, please do the slash RTL. You know, I love Teslarati. You guys hear me mention them in the news just about every week. And uh, they've got to keep the lights on. I've got to keep the lights on. So give me a minute here. Uh, the good news is they've got really great stuff on their marketplace. No joke. I mean, I'm on there right now, just kind of poking around. I've got a Model 3. So you can browse by car. You can browse by a bunch of different things. But I'm looking at Model 3 specifically. They've got on sale at the moment a Model 3 glass roof sunshade. So it's a two-piece thing for both halves. Looks great. Fits the car perfectly. That's on sale. You've got a, uh, what was the other? Oh, the pet cover. I get asked about that a lot. Oh, you've, you know, with Daisy, how do you, you know, protect the seats? The sort of, uh, the, the little, you know, hammock thing. That's the word I was looking for. There's kind of the pet hammock that goes, it loops around the, the front seats, headrests, and then comes down and goes over the back seat headrest, kind of creating a hammock. Really, I, I use one. It's fantastic. And the one that Tesla, that the Tesla Roddy Marketplace has looks even nicer than mine. That's on sale right now. They have dashboard wraps. Uh, if you want to you know, either get rid of the wood grain or if you've got the white interior like I do, if you don't like that just plain white ceramic look, they've got a cool uh, like black carbon fiber that looks really nice. So there's just all kinds of stuff here. A tailored frunk luggage set. A, uh, a frunk cooler for the Model 3. There's just a ton of great stuff. Again, this is just Model 3. They've got stuff for all four Teslas. Check them out, shop.teslarati.com slash RTL. Again, if you would kindly, if you do choose to go there, use that slash RTL in the URL, if you please, because that's my referral link. And you will find all kinds of great Tesla accessories for whichever Tesla you have. All right, back to the news. Is Tesla moving ahead with their next Gigafactory project? It seems that may be the case, and it seems the big winner is India. This story comes via the Tesla Motors Reddit uh, with a hat tip from Reuters, who actually wrote it up. And Reuters says, Tesla Incorporated will set up an electric car manufacturing unit in the southern Indian state 
of Karnataka, according to a government document seen by Reuters this past week. Quote, the U.S. firm Tesla will be opening an electric car manufacturing unit in Karnataka, the state government said in a brief statement. The statement was part of a broader document outlining the highlights of India's budget to its people in the local language of Kannada. And I do very much apologize if I'm mispronouncing this. Last month, the electric car maker incorporated Tesla Motors India and Energy Private Limited with its registered office in the city of Bengaluru in Karnataka, a hub for global technology companies. So there you go. That's from Reuters. I don't know uh, anything about the government there. Let me preface this by saying that. But this is seemingly as close to official confirmation as we can get on this, short of Tesla confirming it themselves. And to be clear, Tesla has not, as of this recording on Friday night, made any announcements in this regard. So I'm hesitant to call this a done deal until they do, but... Clearly, the Indian government feels confident enough about it to issue a public statement uh, to Reuters, a very reputable news agency. This isn't just like Joe's EVblog.com. I mean, it's uh, no offense to anybody named Joe out there. And, and Elon has discussed this topic on Twitter before. So all signs are pointing to the affirmative on this. And, you know, India is certainly a major, major untapped market. And it is a large enough market that, geographically speaking, it would also make a ton of sense to have its own local gigafactory to produce the cars for the country. And Tesla certainly has enough cash on hand right now with their excellent cash balance to make this happen, regardless of any government incentives that they might and probably will likely receive in order for India to try and secure the project. So it very much seems like a matter of when, not if, for Giga India. Great stuff there. Love hearing that. Finally this week, as far as the Tesla news goes, but stay tuned, I've got some of your awesome phone calls lined up in the Ride the Lightning hotline after this. But one more news story for you. It's a good heartwarming one. Tesla owners and enthusiasts have raised over $6,000 to help spay and neuter the stray cats that live and roam near the Kettleman City Supercharger. Now, Kettleman City, you've heard me talk about it before. If you're not explicitly familiar with it yourself, it is arguably the coolest supercharger in the world because I haven't been to all of them, but I've been to Kettleman and it's really great. It's got not just 40 stalls, half of which at this point are V3. There are, there are other bigger supercharger sites. In fact, just up the road from Kettleman City in Fireball, which I'm looking forward to visiting, uh, the Tesla Owners Club of Silicon Valley is doing a Fireball takeover here coming up in the, I believe it's the first Saturday of March. There was an email that went out. Uh, you know, it'll all be socially distanced and, you know, we'll, we'll all be very careful, of course, but which is I, I wouldn't go if I didn't feel comfortable. But um, that's 56 stalls. But Kettleman City, as you've you've heard me mention before, has a private lounge that only Tesla owners can access. When you approach the the uh, the supercharger, when you're on your way, the key code to get in the door appears on your screen in the car. So only Tesla owners, only people in the cars have access to that lounge. 
And inside that lounge are couches, tables, clean restrooms, a Tesla merch stand. I bought a uh, very comfortable, like super soft cotton Kettleman City Supercharger shirt that I really like. I wear that a lot. Uh, and there's even a barista in there. I don't know about now during the pandemic. I haven't, I haven't been there lately, but under normal circumstances, there is a barista in there that will make you a caffeinated beverage to help you get through your road trip. I adore Kettleman City. It is a fantastic supercharger. And it seems that Tesla owners love it back. I want to say thank you to loyal listener Al Bonilla for sending this story in, which comes via iHeartCats.com, who writes, There are currently 60 cats calling the Kettleman City Supercharger Station home, but trapping, neutering, and returning feral cats can be an expensive process. Friends of Kings County Animal Services, that's the name of the organization, it's not literally Friends of, that's, <laughs> that's their name, Friends of Kings County Animal Services reports the cost is roughly $60 per cat for spay and neuter surgery. With 60 cats and growing, good care gets expensive. The Tesla owners who've taken notice of these cats and enjoyed watching them wanted to do something to help them live life as a healthy colony. So organizers set up a GoFundMe page with the hopes of raising $3,600 for the purpose of having the Kettleman City cats spayed and neutered. Tesla drivers across the country came up big with 140 donors pouring $6,000 into the fund so far. Wendy Weidner, one of the organizers, said, quote, I am so overwhelmed with gratitude to all of you that stepped in to help these 60 cats living at the Kettleman Superchargers. I cannot thank you enough, and I am blown away by your generosity, end quote. Hopefully some of these cats will go on to find forever homes, but those too wild for the indoors can at least live a life outside the kitten breeding cycle. So I just wanted to say bravo to the Tesla community here. I mean, this is this is a thing, you know, it, it just, my experience with the Tesla community, uh, I guess I'll phrase it this way. The Tesla community itself, not, you know, the cars is one thing, the company's one thing. The community is a big reason why I do this podcast. I adore the Tesla community. I've had so many great experiences with the Tesla community. I've visited so many great places. I've met so many wonderful people. I adore the Tesla community. And this is things like this are great examples of why. Um, I will say, as I said, I haven't been to Kettleman in a while since the pandemic started. This must be a bit of a newer thing because when I was last there a bit over a year ago, over the, I guess, the holidays of 2019, I don't remember seeing any cats there. But then again, that, I mean, that's neither here nor there. That doesn't matter. The point is they are there, and it's really nice to see Tesla owners show some really nice generosity for these animals that have become kind of an unofficial part of the Tesla community. So good stuff. That is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But again, as I mentioned a moment ago, stay tuned. I've got a bunch of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls lined up for you right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
As promised, it is time for your phone calls here in the Ride the Lightning hotline, and I invite you to participate in said hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible, and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can take that same question and just dial up and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. It's a toll-free number that you can call anytime. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them, or put onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Uh, first up is a reaction to the steering yoke from Eric in Australia. Hi, Ryan. Eric Levin from Australia. Thank you for your coverage of the earnings call and the refresh. The steering wheel looks amazing and is what I originally expected on Model 3 when uh, Elon said that it will be spaceship-like. So maybe there were technical issues and took him longer to do that, but uh, here it is. I can't imagine that it is a mechanical steering wheel, but rather a digital controller so that they can vary the sensitivity for speed and also the angle of the wheel. So maybe turning it 45 degrees at slow speed will give you full lock on the front wheels. But I think it's also possible that it is designed because it's relatively easy to make that so you can have it out of the way when you're on a autopilot or full self-driving, when steering wheel is needed less often, and maybe it can be uh, pushed into the dash in the future upgrades and be uh, retractable when you need it. I'd love to hear what you think of that. And uh, thank you for everything you do. Enjoy the show as always. Eric, it's always great to hear from you. I completely forgot about Elon's old, it'll be like a spaceship comment with regard to the Model 3 back, uh, interior back in 2016. Thank you for bubbling that back up to the top of my brain. And you might be right. Uh, with regard to an all-digital driving interface, I, I presume you're talking about drive-by-wire there. I would think Tesla would have advertised that if it had it, you know, as a big, cool, new tech thing. But you're almost certainly right on the money with your uh, yoke retracting into the dash during FSD comment. Uh, others out there have made the same observation. A lot of, you know, we, it's, we can see where Tesla's going here, and I think there is a very high probability that it was designed to retract into the dash and be out of the way for exactly that reason. I can't wait for Elon to do that call that he promised to hold about the new S and the X. I mean, if he's going to do it, I would have to imagine it's, it's going to have to be soon. Um, interestingly enough, just this past week, a couple of engineering prototypes of the new Model S have been spotted on the roads here in the Bay Area, and they have, of course, a regular steering wheel. But it's the new design, you know, with that that square center pad that's, that actually says Tesla on it rather than the T logo that we have now. So it's the new wheel. It is a new wheel, but it is a wheel. So clearly 
Tesla's making those, and we'll have to see if that's if if it's going to be delivered with the wheel. Is it going to be delivered with the yoke? Is it you know, how's that going to work? There's clearly something going on with <laughs> with a steering wheel and not just a yoke here. But uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Russell, as well, also from Australia, coincidentally enough, for calling in. Also mentioning that retracting steering yoke idea. Next is Lawton from Chicago, also reacting to the yoke. Uh, this will be the not. There's one more yoke comment after this. This is it's a big topic. This is a big crazy thing. So a couple more calls on this, starting with Lawton in Chicago. Hi Ryan, it's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to comment on the new yoke steering wheel and the Model S and X. While I appreciate that Tesla is continuing to innovate how we use our vehicles, I hope that they continue to keep in mind form versus function. For frequently used tasks, having physical controls is still very helpful as the driver develops muscle memory using them. The yoke's embedded buttons for options such as turn signals and horn appear to be a smooth surface. Thus, they lack a tactile indicator to help the driver know by feel what they are pressing. Having a textured surface will give the driver feedback while helping them keep their eyes on the road. If Tesla doesn't offer this, Fred the podcast, After Ocean, will probably make a good business offering textured stickers that do. In addition to the right button activating the horn, hope they also continue to allow pressing the center of the steering wheel, which many drivers do reflexively in emergency. I hope that Tesla is able to clearly communicate the benefits of the yoke steering wheel and update if needed based on customer feedback. While I love that Tesla is innovating, I'm concerned that the yoke may be too much of a change and a buried entry for the general public. In the past, Apple released a third-generation iPod Shuffle compact music player with only physical input for music playback being a single button on the headphone cord. A customer had to remember to either single, double, or triple click to play, go forward, or go back. Needless to say, this proved to be a barrier to its use. It was replaced with a new model with dedicated play, forward, and back buttons a mere 18 months later. I really appreciate how the many hours you spend putting together the earning call spectaculars saves us time from having listened to the entire call. Look forward to your thoughts. Lawton, thank you as always. I certainly understand and share your concerns with regard to the buttons on the yoke and the yoke overall, but for me, it comes down to this. Franz von Holzhausen and his design team have earned the benefit of the doubt, at least for me, at least for me. They've pretty consistently knocked it out of the park. They don't always get it right. I mean, for instance, the early Model 3 door interior I should say the interior door release button that just has a horizontal dashed line that in no way tells you that it's the button that opens the door is an example of them not getting it right. They got a little too cute on that one. They have since rectified that by relabeling the button in newer cars. So we'll see how the yoke plays out. Uh, I wonder if they're going to give the first hands-on with it to somebody like a Motor Trend or if they're just going to let it out into the wild and be content with the first customers posting their experiences with it online. We shall find out soon enough. Uh, One more yoke reaction, refresh reaction. This one from Jonathan in Hampshire, England. Hello, Ryan. This is Jonathan from Hampshire, England. Following the new Model S and X refresh, I thought I'd just give you my thoughts as an X and 3 owner. The new yoke steering wheel, I'm far from convinced. I notice that I do use the top of the wheel quite a bit, turning tight corners. 
so not sure how that will work or if we even be legal in Europe. The new um, landscape centre screen looks very nice and I like the way it is integrated much better into the dash than it is on the current Model 3. The new ventilation system will certainly be an improvement. That is something I do prefer on the Model 3. I find the heating more effective on the Model 3 than the Model X at the moment. The um, charging pads in the centre console will be a nice feature. Currently missing from the X. And the new charging pads on the rear seat. The ventilated seats also good. The um, rear screen for the rear seat I'm sure will be much appreciated by my young son. And I am interested if you, as well as being used for games, it can also be used for playing YouTube or Netflix. So I don't know if you know anything about that. The faster charging speeds will also be a great asset as well. So overall, it looks very tempting. Bye for now. Jonathan, great point on using Netflix and YouTube from the rear screen while driving from that, you know, the backseat. I would hope that that's going to be allowed. I mean, after all, the cellular connection will take care of it as far as the data goes, provided that you've got the premium connectivity package. Still, many little questions like this are yet to be answered about the new S and the X. So again, Elon, please do that phone call that you promised back on the uh, earnings call. Do it soon. Although, as I said, he's he's kind of running out of time to do it before the cars start to deliver. And as I said, I, I suppose the community will end up picking up the slack on that through YouTube videos, forum threads, etc. So I guess one way or the other, we'll get some answers very soon. Let me do, uh, I've got uh, two more calls lined up for this week. The first is from Bill in Daytona Beach talking tires. Brian, this is Bill from Daytona Beach. I know you've had a couple of flat tires during your time as a Tesla owner. I experienced my first last week while driving on the other side of the state. I knew I could not reach the Sarasota Tesla Service Center before they closed, but I thought I might just have enough air in the tire to drive to the nearest shop, a tire kingdom, to get some help. When I got there, the manager declared that it was impossible to put a Tesla on a lift without damaging the car. I told him he was wrong and even showed him the owner's manual instructions on how to do it. He wouldn't budge, so I was stranded, since by this time the tire was completely flat. I called Tesla, and they said my only option was to tow the car to their service center and wait for it to be fixed in the morning. So I spent the night in a hotel. The next day, I got a call from Tire Kingdom Corporate, who confirmed that it was indeed their policy not to work on Teslas, since they had not trained their entire nationwide staff on how to do it right. So at least one chain refuses to work on Teslas. I realize that Tesla service centers can't stay open 24-7, But there is no reason Tesla can't enter into a corporate agreement with some nationwide chain to make sure that every franchise of that chain is trained and has Tesla tires in stock. That way, we would all know that there is at least one company we can rely on. Not only might it make things easier for Tesla owners, but it might also relieve some of the burden on the tremendously overworked Tesla service centers. Thanks again for a great show. Bill, thank you for your call, and I'm sorry to hear of your fairly significant inconvenience because of that flat tire. 
Uh, I'll tell you, I take my car to one of the big third-party chains out here. It's called America's Tire. I know it's it's a I don't know if it's regional or actually nationwide because I do know it's called Discount Tire in some states. And they specifically told me, at least at the one I'm going to here in the uh, on the you know San Francisco area, they specifically told me that they know the right way to do it without damaging the battery pack. Uh, and the fact that what I like there is they proactively told me that the first time I went there. And it just really put me at ease. It made me feel a whole lot better. They told me that at this location, they get 20 to 30 Teslas a day in there. I guess, <laughs> welcome to the San Francisco Bay Area Tesla bubble, I guess. But I mean, down Florida, you got a ton of Teslas down there too. But anyway, I bring that up for a couple of reasons. One, to illustrate that there are independent shops that will do the work. And as time goes on, it's going to be a business inevitability for them to do so as Tesla gets more and more popular. Second, while your point is well taken, and I agree that Tesla should do more outreach to major independent tire shops in big cities to assist with that training so that Tesla owners like yourself don't end up in situations like this, I am actually happy to hear that at least this shop didn't just throw the car on the lift without knowing what they were doing and potentially damaging something. I mean, I honestly appreciate the fact that the shop clearly and politely explained their lack of training to you, both at the store level and that corporate was honest about it with you too. I mean, I, I personally think that shows some integrity, even though I totally understand that it might not have felt like a good thing to you in the moment. But yes, more training would be a good thing, uh, a good proactive thing on Tesla's part. And more proactive training would also be a good idea on the part of any independent tire shop in a major metropolitan area at this point, as the three and the Y just continue to get more and more widespread. Thanks very much for your call, Bill. The final caller this week, last but certainly not least, Daniel from Vancouver, Canada. Go ahead, Daniel. Hi, Ryan. This is Daniel from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I just want to let you know about an issue with the uh, uh, the uh, Tesla app. I have two Model 3s. Uh, one is my dad's and one is mine, but they're on the same account. And uh, I wanted to put a uh, um, put the uh, charges um, on two separate Visa cards, one for my dad's car and one for mine. But you are unable to do that. I've tried to change uh, it separately, try to enter a different credit card on each car, and it would not work. Uh, it automatically uh, transferred both cars to the same credit card. So let's say you want to pay for your uh, monthly um, um, internet charges on there. Um, it can't do it. So essentially, I have to get... I make another account for my dad's car and my car, and which is fine with what we did. But it's something that uh, you may want your listeners who have multiple cars, you may want to separate the, the two accounts uh, uh, um, charges. Um, uh, you, you just can't do that with uh, with this uh, current app. So uh, I was wondering if you have any comment or any suggestions. All right. Love your show. Talk to you soon. Bye. Daniel, thank you for calling in. Uh, you have taught me something new today. 
I did not know this. I see why Tesla sets it up this way. They probably figure that most people with multiple cars on one account are the same owner or same household and thus having all the supercharger bills, etc., on one card is no big deal. But to your point, you're no doubt not the only family wanting to separate the charges accrued by the cars on the account. So it would be nice if Tesla could give you the option of designating a unique credit card for each car on your account. Here's hoping that they hear this and take that into consideration for the future. Thanks to you and thanks to everybody that called in. If you have called in recently and I have not gotten to your call yet, rest assured, I have listened to it and I will look to get to it on uh, hopefully next week's show. Uh, We'll see if there's a bit more time then, but keep your calls coming. I'm always happy to hear from you guys. Again, I love this part of the show. I think your voices add a lot to this uh, to the to this podcast in general. So I gave you the call-in information at the top of the segment. I look forward to hearing from you. Stick with me, though. I've got a little bit more podcasts for you coming up right after this. Well, not much happening with me and my car this week. I did happen to have one of those moments, though, where I had washed it the week before and then took it out, and of course it rained. But hey, it's the rainy season. It happens. No big deal. Uh, Video game recommendation, though, for those of you, you know, hanging out in quarantine, just working from home, doing your thing at home, more home time. You want to play some games? Uh, This one's not for kids. I try to keep these family-friendly, but... I do have to mention Hitman 3. Pretty new release came out a few weeks ago. It is definitely not for kids. You are, as the title suggests, playing a Hitman. But boy, is it really good. Uh, The the last two Hitmans, Hitmen, (laughs) were okay. This one is fantastic. The the levels are great. The missions are great. And the uh, just the sandbox, you can you can experiment in all kinds of different ways and have a ball with it. So Hitman 3, check it out on PC or console. Now for your pro tip of the week. This one comes to us from Vito in Maine, who went through a recent snowstorm, as I think a lot of people can probably relate to right now and has a tip from that. Go ahead, Vito. Hi, Ryan. This is Vito calling from Maine. I just wanted to maybe give a pro tip of the week here. Uh, so people know, I, uh, just recently went through a a snowstorm here. We got about 12 inches of snow and, uh, I preheated my car, went out to my car, which is a model three, a 2019 model three all wheel drive. And there's a lot of snow on the window, but it it was all melted. So I figured, well, it can easily get pushed off by the wipers. So I pressed the stalk to make the wipers engage and that, uh, didn't do anything and it didn't give any error messages or anything, but soon thereafter, nothing, none of the, the wiper, uh, presses worked again. And despite what I did, uh, and nothing seemed to help. So I contacted uh, Tesla service, uh, to uh, find out uh, what to do next. And they scheduled a mobile service appointment originally, but I was soon contacted by Tesla and, the uh, rep had said uh, through the Tesla app, uh, he texted me that uh, he saw that there was an, uh, I guess, an error message for the wipers saying that likely there was, a, you know, it couldn't move the heavy snow. And so they automatically shut themselves down. Now, when this happens, apparently, this is what the rep told me, 
you cannot uh, reactivate the wipers. But the simple thing to do to get them to work again is after obviously clearing off the snow and ice and whatnot, is to turn the wipers off on the uh, touch screen and then turn them back on. And uh, I did this and uh, they worked again. So if anybody in the north half of the country uh, who encounters snow and is to a significant degree has this happen, uh, turn the wipers off on the touch screen and then turn them back on and it should work. Um, the uh, rep was very helpful and I canceled my service appointment. So just any, just a tip for anybody that encounters this. I thought that uh, pretty interesting. So thanks, uh, thanks for all you do and uh, take care, Ryan. Vito, thank you for your call. I guess leaving it in auto, the wipers, does have an occasional downside. Uh, this is good information for anybody out there who may encounter the same thing. I think the lesson for Tesla here is that they could have avoided spending man hours on this issue with you if they'd implement an on-screen error message and instructions. If the car had been programmed to tell you what happened and how to fix it, those technical support resources could have been spent elsewhere. But now we all know, and that is the beauty of the Pro Tip of the Week section. Thank you very much, Vito. If you've got a Pro Tip of the Week that you'd like to share with your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners, something unique, interesting about the car that's not obvious, that's not covered in the uh, the owner's manual or something, so send it in the same way that you send in the regular hotline calls, which I told you about at the top of that segment a little while ago. All right, time to hit the road, but before I do, I wanted to mention some friends of the podcast. Hopefully they can help you out. little uh, mutual exchange. Some of these are my referral links. You can help me out as well. I'll start with abstractocean.com, as I lovingly refer to them, the Costco of Tesla accessories. They've got all kinds of stuff from tempered glass screen protectors for the three and the Y to, I guess they're going to have to make new ones for the S and the X now, which I have no doubt that Abstract Ocean is going to do. But uh, yeah, the nice, nice uh, tempered glass screen protectors. The rear footwell lighting kit, which I highly recommend. Just the overall, the interior bright LED lighting kit, which you can get in different colors. There is all kinds of great stuff. Just browse around, see what you like. Abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, uh, the Jada family of products is growing. They now have the Jada SSD drive for the dash cam and sentry mode, which uh, in this case, it's it's a custom drive that's built and mates specifically to the Jada USB hub. So you do need both of them, but they are great together. It's kind of a nice uh, kind of custom all-in-one solution if you decide to go that way. They also sell the Jada wireless charging pad, which I have in my car for my Model 3. Of course, all the Model Ys have it built in from the factory. The new 3s do, but for, for the rest of the fleet, which is a whole lot of us, I highly recommend the Jada wireless charging pad. So whether you want to get the charging pad or and or the USB hub, go to getjada.com slash ref slash 8. And a current initial introductory promo here is uh, coupon code RTL for 25 bucks off of that uh, new SSD drive if you've already got the USB hub or you're going to buy one. Meanwhile, 
Immaculate Reflections. If you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, the greater San Francisco Bay Area, or you plan to be here with your car and you'd like some just absolute total craftsman detail work done to the car, Immaculate Reflections will take great care of you. Ceramic coating, so that you don't have to wax it, that's a cool option. Uh, paint protection film over some or all of the car. The paint correction, and just fix some of those flaws that, that come either from the factory sometimes, or, or even you know can, can be introduced after the factory. You pick up a scratch while washing or something here and there. Any of it, all of it, Immaculate Reflections will have your car looking, and I kid you not, because I'm a living example of this, my car, better than new. The car will look better than new when Jeff is done with it. So find out more and book in with Jeff on his website, irdetailing.com. That's Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com. Mention that you're a listener of this podcast, and there is a nice little discount waiting for you. Uh, What else? There is the snap plate for S3XNY at everyamp.com slash RTL. The front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds for those of us who hate having a front license plate but have to do it for legal reasons. You don't want to get a parking ticket at a parking meter, etc., etc. So get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Uh, How about... PureTesla.com slash RTL. Speaking of the slash RTL family of <laughs> of affiliate URLs, if you uh, don't have the Jada USB hub, you just want to go with something a little simpler. The PureTesla.com slash RTL kit is just a, a plug into your car's USB drive. Could not be easier. Forty nine bucks, free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Or sixty nine bucks if you want to step up to the two hundred and fifty six gig kit. And that will, of course, be a nice long-term solution because it is micro SD based rather than USB flash memory based. Trust me, I've lived through this. The USB will wear out in time. The micro SD is still going real strong for me. I've had it now for uh, a year and a half, I think, the Pure Tesla kit in my car. So check them out, puretesla.com slash RTL because you want to make sure you've got an active dash cam and sentry mode in your car. You do not want to be without that. I think that will about wrap it up. Other than the Patreon, as you uh, hopefully can tell <laughs> just from listening to it, I do put a lot of time, energy, love and enthusiasm and research into this podcast each and every week. And hopefully at some point along the way, depending on how long you've been listening, maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow, next week, next month, but maybe at some point you feel like, hey, Ryan, you've earned my support. I'm going to I'm going to back you on Patreon whether it's at the uh $5 tier, 5 bucks a month, which will get you early access to the podcast each week. Maybe you want to step up to one of the higher ones which have more cool perks attached to them. You can find all of the information for that and of course, you can go to back the podcast on Patreon on my Patreon page which is patreon.com/teslapodcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And I do believe that takes us to the end. Other than saying hello and thank you to the upper tiers of the Patreon backers. First, the Roadster and Space Crew, Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, and my friend on Twitter, at Rodam. Thank you all so much. And then the Maximum Plaid Crew, 
Uh, love this group as well, certainly. Look forward to chatting with them every month in the Google Hangout. And then, of course, remember that any new backer at any level gets a, gets a one-time Google Hangout invite to join the group, talk a little Tesla once a month. But the Maximum Plaid crew gets the permanent invite there. And those folks are Pete White, Jonathan Wales, Fernando Cordero, Sean Nydig, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Jackson Wallace, Charles Galpin, Neil Weaver, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, and uh, the newest Maximum Plaid backers, Gil Cabrera and Hay Watley. So thank you all so much there. Meanwhile, the Plaid crew. These guys are awesome as well, of course, guys and girls. George Cassiopo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversoll, Chris Beach, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, Eric St. Pierre, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Scott Gillis, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, and Mike and Barbara from Louisville. Thank you all so very, very much. Thanks to everybody backing me on Patreon. It really does make a big difference for me and my family. Thank you all so much. That will about wrap it up for Ride the Lightning 290 for a uh, finally tuckered out Daisy the Boxer over there. She was uh, up and at him for a while, which was great to see. Always makes me smile to see her, especially now, to see her bouncing around and happy like a three-year-old boxer should be. Uh, That'll do it. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.